Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Aaron Rodgers goes with the R-E-L-A-X. Bart Scott this morning going with the worst trade of all that you could say to any football player or any athlete. S-O-F-T, soft. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin. too nice, man. <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. Those are the dulcet tones of Bart Scott. Jay will be back with us it tomorrow nice, morning. Though. Have you seen it? What is that? I mean, have you, I've, I've heard about it. I've heard about it. I've it's, never been there. It's, it's what you expect the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones to have. I mean, it's we, we, if every facility could have, I mean, if every team could have that facility, they would. Y'all used to have that crazy crown at the old facility. So the Ravens yeah. were the last team to play it, right? And that was the year that Jason Garrett turned down the Ravens' job, and we brought in Harbaugh, and we were so pissed off. And I remember Rex before the game crying. Like, are you kidding me? This guy went back to be a coordinator, and he didn't want to coach this group of men. I never wanted to be somebody so bad in my life. Man, we beat the brakes off Dallas. I think it was last year with T.O. We threw trash on the middle of the can. We was like, blow this stuff up. We were standing in a circle. We threw the bomb up all fell down. Like, man, how dare you? Remember that, that, that game, it came down to, like, the last series. We, we had a fullback run for 60 right up the gut. Then we had McGahee run for 60 right up the gut. We was like, man, these dudes are the softest dudes we ever win. I never lost. I've played Dallas maybe five or six times. Never lost in, in my career against Dallas. Because it was just like, it's a mindset, man. Like, they don't have that mental toughness. That up, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't have that mental <laughs> toughness, bro. Look it up. Write it down, Smokey. I don't give up. So Bart essentially saying the 2020 version obviously isn't much better. They got the brakes beat off. Organizationally. It's from the organization, man. Like, they they make it too nice for them. It's too – like, you can – listen, I've never understood the pride in which Dallas Cowboy players walk around the country because they treat it like royalty, and they're a team that's never done nothing in the last 20 years. So how are you going to walk around with that bravado because you still are like a king when you walk around the Dallas area? So, like, you need, to, you need to understand, bro, you ain't as good as you portray or think you are because you ain't never did anything. You only reward it by wins and losses in this league, man. And as Bart said, 20. I'll add five more to that. They haven't been to the Super Bowl in 25 years, and now they have another brush fire. Jane Slater of the NFL Network, who's been on the Cowboy Beat for a long time, one of the most plugged-in people with the organization, 19 hours ago, she put this on Twitter, and everybody started to notice. This is Jane. Quote, hashtag Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now as they sit two and four, the discontent is leaking out on the coaching staff. Quote, a player telling Jane, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. That's the player talking about the coaching staff to Jane Slater. And then another player told Jane, quote, they just aren't good at their jobs. In the interest of equal time, we should mention that Mike McCarthy, their embattled first-year head coach, was asked about those comments from players saying that his staff is not up to snuff, not to mention the way they did the end-around and didn't talk to McCarthy face-to-face. And I just really go back to my first meeting with the football team. I've always stated this uh, to every team that that I've uh, coached. I think it's important to handle things as men. I mean, if you do have something to say publicly that that is of of most importance, I think it's important to say it to the individual, uh, particularly in a a group dynamic setting, especially in the game of football, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. More on that in just one second. We're asking the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation, who will have a better NFL career? We kind of know what's going on with the Cowboys and Dak. Maybe they get a little bit of a pass this year. But it's the start for Tua, and Joe Burrow's been playing all year. The two rookies, two top five picks. 78% of you have said Joe Burrow, including at Ryan Ranch, 
who hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Thanks for your feedback, Ryan. Simply saying, and I don't think there's anything you can argue about this particular tweet, quote, I just don't think Tua will stay healthy. That's another conversation for another day, but hit us up, KJ and Z. We appreciate everybody following and being a part of the community each and every weekday morning. So Bart said they are soft, they're unprepared, they're front runners, they're cowards, and now they have a simmering crisis players calling out the coaching staff. You know, I, look, man, I have never been a player that felt like you, you couldn't voice your frustration or your opinion to our coaches and even to a degree some of your teammates depending on the situation. But you got to put your name to it. You can't hide behind a writer, a, a columnist, somebody that has an agenda to get a story out. You can't hide behind that. You know, if you got something to say, just say it. If I don't like Bart, I don't like Bart. I mean, he we can win together, but at the end, I don't I don't mess with dude like that. I don't, we we go our separate ways. It's just giving you, you know, letting you kind of know we're associates. And if that's the problem, if you have a problem with the scheme that's being run, say, man, I this is a problem. We need to do better. If you have a problem with the lack of preparation, hey, I'd like to see Keyshawn says lack of preparation. I don't need to say a player says in a source set. That doesn't see, that doesn't do anything for me. That's that part to me is cowardly. There's no question about it. See, on my radio show, we have this segment. It's called the BS translator, and you know I translate what they really mean to say. <laughs> well, what McCarthy meant to say when he says men addresses as men, like we this, we're professionals. We're not little kids. We you know we're in this era with the Twitter trolls and people want to be you know thugs on Instagram and all that stuff because they can hide behind an IP address. We don't hide behind a reporter. If you got something to say, you know, listen, come to, come say it, and we can yeah. fix it. I ain't got but, no but, but 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 don't communicate with me. You know, through the media, come holler at me. Go come in the office, close the I, door, put your big boy pants on, and let's hash it out. And those are always the coaches that I've always respected, the ones that came to me and said what they thought, what they needed from me, opposed to trying to go to a third party to get the information to me. I never respected those type of coaches. So I would want the same in return if I was that guy. I'm going to say what I feel. Whether you like it or you don't, damn it, I'm going to say what it is. And if you don't want me to help you win games, that's a different story. And maybe those individuals that said what they said, maybe there is smoke, you know, there's fire where there's smoke. There's there's usually, that is the case for the most part, right. you know, if, if in fact the, the, the writer is writing it as he heard it and got it, which I would believe that he is, mm-hmm. um, that there's a couple Dallas players that say that there's certain things that's going on within the coaching organization of the Cowboys that is not helping them win football games. I've, and, a, I've, a, I've always been pro player, right? So, like, me coming in and standing on the side of the the coaches is kind of rare, right? Because, you know, me and Key are here. We have these platforms because we're truth tellers, right? So, I would ask the players to ask yourself this before you ask the coaches a question. When you say they're not good at their job, you need to ask yourself, are you good at yours? Because if you're good at chores, just doing your job and being a great player isn't that. That's just the first part. The second part is being able to get everybody else to get on the same page, to be able to learn how to communicate, to learn how to you know figure this out. It's not any head coach that has a new job that doesn't hit an adverse part of the season. Usually, guys bunker down and tie in and say, "Listen, we got to fix it." Remember when Rex came over, right? You know, we won three straight games in a row. Mark Sanchez, we went down to New Orleans and he had the worst game ever, right? <laughs> then we lost three in a row, right? <laughs> 
He, he, he lost three. He, we lost three in a row. But we didn't come apart. We didn't fall apart. We still went to the AFC Championship that year. But it's because we didn't fall apart and we knew that we can trust each other in a foxhole. The problem is, there's no trust there. But you develop that trust once you hit an adverse situation. And they're, and they're failing the test. But they're showing that they can't though, stick boy, together. Maybe there's no trust there because when you trusted them to begin with and all that information that you thought you was getting – didn't translate on the field to help you out, so therefore you lose trust. You're putting up 500 yards a game. What are you well, talking man, about? You're putting offense. up 500 yards. I'm yeah, but, 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 we're, still, but we're still a team. I mean, if, if I got an offense putting up 500 yards a game, all I got to do is be a speed bump. I ain't even got to be good at my job. But I just got to slow somebody down. Are you putting down. those 500 yards up because you're so behind that you're playing catch-up and now you're just throwing the ball all over the lot? No, you have the ability to put 500 yards up. Not a lot of teams have the ability to put those type of yards up. But is that translating to W's form? It's not, but that's because they're not playing complimentary football because the defense isn't holding up their part of the, of the bargain, right? We're not asking that defense there. They weren't asking that defense to be top 10. They were just saying, don't be the worst in history. Like, well, that's not a lot to ask when you're paying hey, pass man, rush I, I 100. I told you about all that screaming, man. Okay, My man, ears is right Woo-sai. here. This ain't, this ain't New York radio, dog. Woo-sai. My ear. <laughs> we are in New York, though, by the way. But anyway, I digress. But what I'm saying is, like, you got to ask yourself, are you holding up your end of the bargain? Because, listen, like, it's always going to be, you know, the problem is McCarthy didn't bring in players. That's players true. that can sell his message, right? That's true. He didn't have anybody in the pipeline that he brought over with him because he took a year out off. So he needed to bring some allies inside that locker room. Some so snitches. They, well, well, some, some are snitches. Now, you can, you can go about it a different way because Rex, Rex brought me over. Right, and he brought no, 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 no. When keeping it real, no, go, I gotta you, keep. You, you I gotta watch him now. You, you know, you know, I, you know. I put my name. I put my name to everything. But the fact is, when it gets tough, you need somebody in there saying, you know what, this gonna work, man. Let's just stay no, the course. Because at the end of the day, everything you want is still ahead of you. Every, as bad as you've been playing, you still got the opportunity to go to the playoffs. So what are we? What are we talking about right now? No, he's right. Every single coach who takes a job usually finds. Two or three or four of those guys that have had success with them. Look at Flores. Successful players, though, not guys that would be the snitches like Bart and I talked well, about. Well, name them. But name, name the snitches that was the successful like that. players you bring with well, name you names. to help you. Rolling. Well, name Stop, names. man. Stop <laughs> playing games, man. Speaking of games, games. they know who they are. Name Whoever, they know who they are. Yo, who's the guy that did, that Gettleman brought in last year that he couldn't play dead in the country western and he still got got a job? The running back, Stewart. You mean dead in the cowboy movie? Yeah, yeah, dead in the cowboy movie. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard that one, Z? I have heard that one. The Giants dead on arrival. They'll start week seven of the NFL season tomorrow against Philly with DOA? everybody. What's that? DOA? DOA. Dead on arrival with everybody looking up at the Cowboys in crisis. They're leading the division at two and four. Game two of the World Series is tonight. We all know Key is the resident Dodger fan, but I bet you don't know who the biggest Rays fan on earth is. I know you've heard of him. He'll join us in one minute, but first, let's go from A to Z. So we were just in Dallas talking about the situation with the Cowboys elsewhere in the division as we go to D.C. on A to Z. The Washington football team next year will be known as... The Washington football team. Correct, Key. A lot of people thought they'd have a name by now. There was some thought that when they changed it from the Redskins to the Washington football team in July, they'd have a nickname logo ready to go by the start of the season. But these things take a long time. And the team president, Jason Wright, told WJLA-TV in Washington, DV, uh, TV, excuse me, Washington, D.C. on Tuesday that they probably will go as the Washington football team. Pretty likely that'll be the name next year. And a little boxing news, biggest fight since the pandemic 
was Saturday night on ESPN where Tiafimo Lopez dethroned the lightweight champion Vasily Lomachenko, the outstanding Ukrainian boxer. But we found out, courtesy of his manager, Lomachenko's manager, that he had right shoulder surgery, did Lomachenko on Monday. He had hurt his right shoulder a couple years ago. And so you combine still recovering from that and Lomachenko getting popped in the second round of that loss to Lopez all added up the pre-existing condition, the flare up. He had surgery on Monday. So that's the biggest story in boxing. Wanted to make sure we got that to you as Tiafimo Lopez took his star turn on ESPN Saturday nights. Bouncer to first, Diaz throws to the plate, but it's up the third baseline a bit, and Betts will slide in safely. 2-2, swing and a miss. And Zanino down on strikes. That's eight now for Kershaw. So that's the voice of Dan Schulman. Those are the hands of Keyshawn Johnson clapping. His Dodgers are up 1-0, 8-3 winning. Let's go, Dodgers! Hey, Keyshawn, I'm right here. My ears are right here, bro. <laughs> That's the voice of Bart Scott in for Jay Will today. Jay will be back tomorrow. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Jeff Darlington, our ESPN NFL insider. He'll join us at 930, but elsewhere in the state of Florida on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Let's go to Sarasota. I'm not sure if our next guest is sitting at the Broken Egg reading his newspapers, uh, but he is the one and only Dick Vitale, huge Rays fan, lives down there in Sarasota. You always see him behind home plate back in the old days when they actually had fans coming to games. You remember that last year? And he joins us this morning. Dick, I'm so glad you're here because we are being inundated all day long with Key and the Dodgers. How about giving a little love to the other side? Tell us what you saw to your Rays last night and why you're such a Rays mega fan. Well, just tell Keyshawn to relax, okay? Tell him to relax. He made his name really here when he came with the Tampa and he won the Super Bowl in 2003, caught four passes. Johnson to Johnson was a great combination. So tell him to get over it, okay? Get over it, his Dodgers. Rooting for the, for the Goliaths all the time. Always sticking with the big guys. Well, I go with the Davids. Why shouldn't they win? They got a $200-some-million payroll. They got all those Preach. superstars. Bottom line is they got a hell of a team. But you know what? The Rays are pretty good. And remember, it takes four. I remember the Yankees won the first game in that three out of five series. But you know what? The Yankees and all their million-dollar guys, Stanton and all those guys, and Judge, they're sitting home. Mr. Cole with his $300 million contract, figuring out where he can give some money. You should donate to the V Foundation. I'll leave the kids battling cancer. And you should do too, Keyshawn. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, the Rays are not done, man. you got to win four. you got to win four. Just ask Houston. Everybody thought they were done, Zubin. They thought they were done when they lost three in a row, right? Everybody said, oh, the momentum's gone. Houston's got all those studs, man. they got Korea. they got Altuve. they got Brantley. they got them all. Oh, really? Houston's watching on TV too, buddy. And you know what? When it's all said and done, the Rays are going to win in seven. Ooh. Oh, you pushing it to seven. All right, Dickie V, if that's what you feel like, you must really feel like this is the 08 team. What makes this team different than that 08 team that went to the World Series? You know, that's a good question right there, Keyshawn. 08 was really special, too. Let's see my memory. Now you're testing me, man. I'm 81 years old. And, you know, it's tough to know what I did yesterday. But I will tell you this. Carlos Pena. Then they had uh, 
Pena, they had Crawford. Crawford was a heck of an outfielder. On the mound, they had Shields and Garza. Uh, Price came up as a rookie that year. He came up and pitched in the playoffs and did a phenomenal job. I mean, that team was special. But this team, I think there's something about this team. You know, in sports, and I've been teasing here with Keyshawn and all, the bottom line in sports, you got to have the it factor with your team. That it factor that you can't define. And the Rays have had that. This is no fluke team, man. They won 96 games last year, and they're better this year. They got a better club. The bottom line is the Dodgers are terrific. You don't have the best record in baseball like they've had. This is their third trip in four years to the World Series. And it's going to be tough. Uh, Kershaw was unbelievable. It was simply as I put it on Twitter last night. It was Kershaw and Betts. Uh, Betts uh, showed why he gets the dollars he does. He's a terrific future Hall of Famer. And Kershaw, people say, well, playoffs, he doesn't do well. Oh, really? Try to hit him last night. He was unreal. And then, you know what did us in? The old-fashioned adage, Zubin, walks. You can't walk players. You can't walk six guys in four innings and survive against a team like the Dodgers. You know, Dickie V, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like Keyshawn, right? I'm not a first-round draft pick. I'm, I'm the little guy, right, that you're speaking of. So I root for the little guy. So I'm rooting for the Rays just because I want to see them, like, you know, you know, um, disturb the the order of how we believe things are supposed to go. We thought that it was supposed to be the Yankees and the Dodgers in a foregone conclusion. And then you have this little um, team in the Rays that want to be a disruption and, and mess everything up. Now, you know fracking takes place in all the sports, meaning that you know when a team wins, everybody analyzes and try to become them. The Rays do it a totally different way than most people because they don't have the resources to go out and, and have these you know high-priced players and these large salary ceilings. You know, if the Rays are able to win, do you think that maybe it can change and alter the way in which baseball is go go forward and it becomes more about the analytics and being able to 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 use the data opposed to go out and try and buy championships like the old Yankees of old? And, you know, Bart, that's a great point you made. You really and, – and, and I remember you played with the Jets, man. You better help those Jets out. Wow. But let, let me tell you this. I, I – I really just feel that what the Rays have done for years has been incredible. They've done a great job analyzing. I mean, coming up with a guy like this Randy Rosarina, I don't know how in the world the Cardinals could have let this guy go. I mean, you just look at him, look at his body, look at his bat speed, quickness. I mean, he's not going to hit like he did in the playoffs all the time, obviously. But he's going to be a solid, I think, 280 hitter, 25, 30 home runs a year. Give him some base stealing. And they get guys like that. Nicky Anderson under the bullpen they got from the Marlins. They gave him up. He was lights out all year. They do a phenomenal job analyzing, evaluating, and then they have a culture where they really have that winner's mentality. This is not the Johnny come lately. The sadness is we need to do a better job in our area. I've been buying season tickets, man. I've spent a lot of money over 21 years. we got box seats, four of them right next to the visitor's dugout. And I just wish corporate America in our area yeah. would come out and support them like they do the lightning. Yeah, the stadium's like they do with the right Bucks now. now. And the Bucks have turned the corner. I mean, I'll tell you this right now. If they're healthy, Keyshawn, I'm telling you now, you guys were good in 2003. But this team, if they're healthy, and I mean getting Michael Evans to be Michael Evans, he's playing on one ankle, basically, to get a guy like Godwin to be healthy, not hamstring problems. And Fournette, back in that backfield, he missed the last two, three games. 
McCoy. I'm telling you, their defense is supreme, and they showed that against the Packers. They could win the Super Bowl. We could have a trifecta here. Title Town, USA, Tampa. We got the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. We could get the Rays. I mean, it's going to be tough with the Rays. I'm not going to kid you not. I mean, I eat, sleep, and drink them because I've gone there 21 years with season tickets, got to know people in the front office, got to know their people. So I root like hell for the local team. I lived in Jersey. I was a Yankee guy, diehard. And then when I moved here, I got loyal to my teams. But I'm telling you, we could have a trifecta. It's not under the realm of possibility because the Bucks are good enough if they get healthy to win the Super Bowl. I want to hear you. Keisha, do you believe it? Am I, am I telling something valid here? Let me know, Keisha. Come on. I'm going to call Rob Hager up to go after you, man. Rob Hager. <laughs> oh, God. You bring, these guys bring out my old right, – that was my old coach from football. But, no, they, they could um, – yeah, they can. They got to get over Seattle and maybe a New Orleans, but – I, I think so. I think they'd be right there in the mix. And, Dick, last thing for you. Obviously, everybody knows you as the biggest fan and supporter of college basketball. Done more for the sport than, than anybody over the last 40 years with your promotion of it. I remember when I was a kid, I'd pick up the Dickie V season preview. Oh, right yeah. now, it's, um, it's an honor to call him a colleague. You've penned something else. The lost season, a look at what the 2020 National Championship could have been. And this book, all of the proceeds from the sales of the, last se- the lost season will be donated to the V Foundation for Pediatrics cancer research you have that amazing gala each and every year with your relationship with the late great jim valvano tell us about the book before we let you go this morning oh, you know, Zubin, and i've been teasing here with Keyshawn and boy great guys i miss jay will being with you another terrific guy uh you know i love what i do i have a passion for what i do and i was really was therapy for me doing the book because you know, he missed uh, not having a tournament. So I sat around with Dick Hoops Weiss, who's a, uh, just a guru for basketball. Howie Schwab, a legendary Howie Schwab, who stumped the Schwab and was with ESPN. He was a, our guy doing all the research on the book. And the book is what could have been, what we thought would have happened. And we got a whole fantasy draw. We tell why a team advances, why they don't. And the, and the thing about the book, it's helped people. But most of all, what means so much to me, Zoom, and I'm so proud that you mentioned this, is the fact of raising money for kids battling cancer. There's nothing worse, man, than watching a mom and dad watch their child battle that disease. I've had a gala, and I would love you guys to come to the gala as one of my guests. This year, one of our honorees is going to be our own Scott Van Pelt. We're going to give a special award to Chris Mortensen, the John Saunders Award for Courage. Uh, we got it's just a terrific. We've done this now 15 years. We've raised $37 million for kids so far. Seven, we did $7.4 million in a virtual gala about two, three months ago. So the bottom line is the book, every dollar, if people want an autographed copy, if they get autographed copies at DickVital.com, simple, <clears throat> go to DickVital.com, and you get an autographed copy, you, you write out what you want me to write, you want me to write, when Keyshawn buys one, you have the greatest, greatest wide receiver ever in the history of the NFL. I write that down, man. I write that down, and I sign it, and every dollar that I would make is going into the pot this year for kids battling cancer. So please help. I, I know I do a lot of motivational speaking all over the country. Let me tell you this in closing. Toughest speeches I ever had to give. I was asked to speak at several funerals for kids. Oh, my God. When I got done, my wife saw me, you know, in tears. That's unbelievable what those parents have to go through. And I've become now, I'm telling you, it's my obsession. One other thing I want to say simply this. we got a situation in our nation. We got we had so much division in our country. I learned from a mom and dad. I came from a family. My parents were uneducated. Fifth grade education. And they taught me one thing I learned as a kid growing up. 
They would say to me, Richie was never dick. Richie, treat people how you want to be treated. And if we all did that, if we all treated everybody like we want to be treated, we'd have more love. We need more love in our nation, man. There's too much hate. We got to get love. We got to hug one another and thank one another and try to unite as people. It's so well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. And Dick has been saying some of the greatest things on television here at ESPN for the last 40 years. He's looking forward to the start of the college basketball season on November 25th. And you can look forward to once again picking up the lost season to look at what the 2020 National Championship could have been with every single cent raised going to help fight pediatric cancer. It's a pleasure to have you here this morning. And since he says go coach. Dodgers. Former always, Pistons yeah, coach. Former go Pistons, baby. Bart Scott, the Detroit guy. Go raise tonight for a little equal time, Dick. Thank you very much. But Bart Scott ruined my day now. I got fired <laughs> by the Pistons. They gave me the Ziggy, and I went to TV 42 years. They now did you a favor. They did you a favor. Down and out, man. Brad <laughs> Johnson, the key shot. Touchdown, the buck. <laughs> they did you, him Dick. a favor. We wouldn't have got this if the Pistons hadn't fired you. That's a good point, right? He became a television superstar. That's the great Dick Vitale. Awesome to have him spend some time this morning. And I echo his last comments for sure. Let's come together as a country. Still to come, the Dolphins going with Tua. Exactly why? Head coach Brian Flores has spoken on it and will tell you exactly what he said next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Program, of course, is presented by Progressive Insurance. Keyshawn Johnson is on Get Up on ESPN with Mike Greenberg and company right now. Bart Scott in for Jay Will can stretch out, stretch the legs. breathe. Yes, indeed. So we can let it breathe in Miami because finally Tua has been named the starter. Up there Sunday, a couple passes, two for two, mop-up duty. Brian Flores pulling the trigger and saying it is now time for our top five pick to become the face of the franchise and maybe finally be the guy that makes us say there is somebody after Marino. Brian Flores weighing in on exactly why he made the move from Fitzpatrick to Tua Tungavailoa. We just feel like, um, you know, this was the, you know, the best move for our team right now. And, um, you know, look, Fitz has done a great job. He's been productive. Um, his leadership has been great. It's not an easy decision. Um, you know, for me or us as an organization, but uh, we felt like, you know, for the team now, moving forward, this is the, the move we needed to make. And it's done. We welcome in Jeff Darlington, our ESPN NFL reporter. He'll be covering Seattle and Arizona this week for Sunday NFL Countdown. But, Jeff, I want to kind of just go straight to the Miami situation here. Uh, they've got a bye, and then they've got Aaron Donald and the Rams. What are you hearing about why the move was made at this juncture? 
Jeff, you with us? Oh, looks like we might have lost Jeff Darlington. We'll call him back here in just one second. While we do, Bart, as a defensive stud yourself, you want to throw your young quarterback off to Aaron Donald in a couple weeks? I mean, you can't fear anybody because everybody has a dominant uh, player. Let's say you're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have two dynamic guys on the outside. And uh, Welcome back, Jeff. What we were talking about, do you, do you believe that, you know, do you understand or do you um, agree with why the Dolphins have decided to go with um, Tua Tungvaloa? Yeah, I, I mean, I do understand it from the standpoint that Brian Flores has like had strong conviction since the start of the season that he would not put Tua in until he felt he was ready. Right. Um, he was always pretty clear, like, I'm not going to cave to media pressure as the questions started to heat up. Uh, he wasn't going to cave to the fact that, you know, people kept asking, Justin Herbert's out there playing well, Joe Burrow's playing well, you know, we're going to see Tua. And he, he never really caved to that. And I think that goes both ways. When they were playing well, it was still going to be about Tua's development. This is always a situation where they were bridging Brian Fitzpatrick to Tua. It was just a matter of when Tua was ready. And if that means after two wins going into a bye, um, I respect the fact that Flora's conviction was held strong. We, none of us – the one thing I think is especially interesting about this and probably the reason why I'm not questioning it – is because nobody, especially in a time of COVID, when, when nobody really has access to practice, has seen Tua practice. So for all we know, he's lighting it up. And, and this is a team that I, I know there's the skeptics say, well, hey, you know, the Dolphins are alive in the AFC East. Why would you make this move now when it seems like they have momentum? To Flores, maybe this is, yeah, we have momentum and we need to capture it and, and, put, and put who we feel is, uh, is a future star on the field. So. I guess I do understand it, even if we don't necessarily have all of the information that we need at this point. See, I took it. I took it as the fact that you know we understand what Ryan Fitzpatrick is, and when most That's coaches right. come in and they try and and turn the franchise around, they have a five. They have a five year plan, and I believe that he's saying, "Listen, I'm in two year two of my plan. I got all the guys off the roster that that yeah. didn't want to be here. I'm rebuilding this program." And you can say, okay, they're three and three, but that was a very soft three and three. Like, let's be honest. Like, they went against you know the San Francisco 49ers without when Jimmy G just came back. They they beat the Menchu Mania and they beat the hopeless Jets. So like, let's not fool Good ourselves point. with fool's goal. We're trying to build for the future. And even if this team gets in the playoffs, we're not going anywhere. I'm trying to set this team up to win a Super Bowl. And the only way we can do that is if this young quarterback gets experience and he's the truth. Yeah, and Bart, to, to that point, look, I, I, I don't think anybody, I feel like it's a sin to say anything negative about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is obviously a wonderful human being, and the organization loves him. But when you do look at the losses this year, and again, I, I get the momentum, his passer rating against the Patriots was 44.6. His passer rating against the Seahawks was 66.4. So, I mean, the losses were, you know, and then he had the loss against the Bills, and, and that, that was a pretty good game. But, but still, like, it's not like – you know, he's lighting the world on fire to the point where it's, it's, you know, other than the 49ers game where it's so obvious you need to go with him. So, again, they, they've got, look, they've got two offensive linemen uh, that they drafted, two rookies that are playing really well, actually. Um, I, I feel like, to your point, they want to start to kind of build toward the future. It feels like they've got a pretty good nucleus in place. And, uh, and I, I, I mean, I guess I just kind of I get it, you know. I, I I do understand it. 
You have been uh, reporting on Tom Brady all offseason long. You were closer to the story than anybody that he would end up with Tampa, and now they've ended up with a 4-2 and two record through yeah. six games. Um, it's just a half dozen, but, you know, we kind of watch them with the microscope here. I mean, you look to the yin mm-hmm. to the yang, the Chicago game, and then what they did against uh, Green Bay. What are your insights? What are your sources telling you about how it's all coming together down there? Yeah, it's interesting because – you know, having conversations with people with the team um, a few weeks ago, it was all about just kind of getting wins while they sort of figured it out. Like after they beat the Chargers, after they beat, and that was a really good second half. But but even before that, after they beat Carolina, like teams when they were getting those wins, the mindset was, we just need to scrape together wins right now. We don't necessarily feel like we're playing to our potential, but if we can get some wins for the sake of our record uh, until we get this figured out, uh, that's a really good thing. And they did that to a degree other than the bears loss and the saints loss in weeks one in week one. And then along comes that Packers game when it really did feel like the defense clicked. It felt like Gronk started to kind of play to his potential that they had no penalties. I mean, that was a fascinating development. They went from being the most penalized team in the league to having literally no penalties in a single game for just the second time in franchise history. So it felt to me, talking to people after the Packers game, like it was like, this is our potential. This is where we want our identity to be. Can they continue to make that carry over? That is obviously the next step. But I think that the Bucks feel like this, uh, after week six, is, is as good of a place that they could be given the circumstances uh, that, that they could have possibly asked for. It's a great point. We haven't seen a team be that clean in a game anywhere since the 99 Colts to go through a game I mean, without a penalty playing. It is absolutely crazy. I totally agree. And then a big spot for the Bucks against the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see how it all works out. You'll be covering Arizona and Seattle. We'll see you Sunday morning on Countdown, great. 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Jeff, really appreciate the perspective this morning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. It's great to have Jeff Darlington with us, breaking down everything that's going on with Tua. Still to come, we'll get your reaction on our Twitter feed on whether it's Tua Mm. or Burrow. You can take one, Tua or Burrow. We'll get Bart's opinion. We'll get Key's opinion. We'll get yours. You can hit us up at KeyJNZ. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
I to mention, fellas, this is a big thing because we're talking about the future of your franchise, your quarterback. Would you rather roll with Tua now that he's the starter in Miami or Joe Burrow, who's been the starter in day one in Cincinnati? A reminder, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. It's been great to have Bart here this morning. Jay will be back tomorrow. If you love what Bart's saying, brings the passion strong every day. You can listen to him on his radio show on our flagship station, 98.7 in New York, weekdays 11 to one what? with Alan. I Hahn. mean, listen, man, that's a Hulk Hogan, man. I'm an eighties baby. <laughs> All right. So while you're taking your vitamins, uh, as Hulk would say tell you're saying my prayers too, brother. Yes. Thank you. Different type of vitamins, but go ahead. Oh, hang on a second. We were asking the Keyshawn <laughs> J. Will and Zubin we, we, we Nation some of them now. <laughs> on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. And we really appreciate everybody that's following us on Twitter. The show has one and a half million Twitter followers key. The question is better NFL career. Simple. Tua or Burrow? What do you think? Before we get to some of your thoughts, guys, what do you think our nation has said? It's overwhelming for one guy. I, 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 would, I would say it would be Burrow because they've seen him in the NFL. Fair they've enough. seen his five games or so, yeah. and they haven't seen Tua, which is not fair. 78% key hitting it right on yep. the head not there. Not fair, man. Yep, have said Burrow. However, you, layup. you threw me a layup, I, and I dunked it. <laughs> right. It's like AD. He's coming back, right? We think so. Okay. Uh, v Sherman 21 hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. He goes the other way. He wants to split the difference here, but all of this is true. This is his thoughts for Tua. Quote, Tua has a proven track record. He is more accurate. The only reason to go the other way is health, and that seems to be something a lot of people are weighing in on the Twitter feed. Phil Bart and Key are going with Burrow for obvious reasons, larger sample size. How about Jermaine611 says, quote, I want to say Tua because it's easier for free agents to sign with the Dolphins versus the Bengals. Easier to put talent around Tua. What do you think about that? It's a better – I would go to Miami before I was Cincinnati, not for the weather and taxes alone. No. Not even – not even. I don't really want to live in Cincinnati like that. Yeah, I mean, it's about – I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, and I think that's really what you have to consider. Who has the organization, you know, that's going to be able to build around those, you know, talented players in the future – and you talk about, you know, going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't even have an indoor practice facility for years. You know, the the narrative around that organization is that they won't spend, you know, they won't upgrade and they won't pay players. You know, you talk for years, you know, Ocho had outperformed his contract and he wanted more money. They refused to do so. The good thing, though, if they pay you, they won't cut you either. They won't fire you either. So, you know, I would think that you think about Miami, you think about being in a tougher division right now. You have to save for the future going forward. That that would be the tougher division. Tua is going into a, a position where he's going to be around all young, talented, you know, quarterbacks, but no dominant quarterback, you know, like you know Pittsburgh and Lamar Action Jackson is already there and established. Yeah, Ocho, by the way, Chad Ocho Cinco. How about at Mitchell Michael says, "quote Joe Burrow because Tua frightens me due to his history of injuries." Hoping I am wrong though, and I would just echo that. I mean, I'm rooting for the kid. He seems like a great dude. Um, he's had a couple of ankle surgeries that Y'all dislocated built the light, him. Man. What's that? Y'all built the light. That's to that <laughs> tell you everything right there. Keyshawn's making fun of his popcorn muscles, talking about he got no 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 muscle. Yeah, I didn't even see, no, I didn't yeah. see a vein. No, he didn't have no definition of whatsoever in his arms, right? Yeah, I mean, man. he built like Chris Paul, man. He was straight up and down. I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess. I mean, you know. But as a teammate, right? I mean, if you're playing with a guy that's gone through two serious ankle surgeries, a dislocated hip, which could have ended his career, you're rooting for the kid. But as a, as a guy, you're catching passes from him. You're, you're thinking about it, I don't right? like left-hand quarterbacks, but just assume. Not too this many would, you don't like to spin? No, spin the spin, the no, the spin is just it's too awkward. You know, and I haven't played with a whole lot of them. But let's assume I am playing with him. I'm supporting him 100%. I'm rolling with him. Well, as long he's as my last, quarterback. Right? He's my quarterback. Fitz is no longer there. I got to go to the next guy. 
as many quarterbacks as I played with in my career, I'm not worried about who's delivering the football. All I'm worried about is the W's and the wins and losses in the column. Did you That's close, all that really did you, matters. Did you cozy up to your quarterbacks, man? Did you take nah, care of them? I was, no, I was, I was kind oh, of their worst you, nightmare. You lay it by fear. Throw me the damn ball. I'm uh, all that. Right, all check. that. No, it was it was more about the eyebrows and the stare down. Okay. The same thing I do to you. <laughs> like what happens? Like when you're in the shower, you stand next to him, pass me the soap. No you man, make stop, like, man. You make him feel uncomfortable. Make him feel uncomfortable. Disney man, relax. <laughs> oh my bad, Mickey. I apologize, Mickey. I'm the mouse sorry. would not we're, we're, we're trying to make it to hundred episodes. Chill. <laughs> you know I'm a habitual line stepper. Uh, before you became an 11 year NFL vet. Um, you had to go through, and Key talked about this the other day when we talked about his high school career yeah. at Dorsey. You uh, in Los Angeles, uh, you yourself have a little shout out to, yeah, to the your South, alma mater. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, absolutely, the Southeastern Jungleers. I appreciate that they de- they defeated the um, Antonio Gates led um, Central uh, Central team last week, and they're going to the championship. So I just want to applaud them for you know going through this tough environment and also just striving. They gave up their first points. In four games last week, they hadn't surrendered a, a field goal or a touchdown. They're going to the championship against Cass. Let's hope they can get it. Now, I started it, and then Jonathan Hankins came behind, and Will Golson came behind as well. But I was the first one to kick the door open. When did they start? You said the championship already? Yeah, man. They, you know, it's a shortened season, so you know they, they only have five games oh, okay. as opposed to like you know the seven that they oh, normally okay. would have. But okay. you know, it's an opportunity. Listen, we'll take those dubs whenever no, we for can. for sure, hundred percent. Get, get these kids. No, it's out opportun- of the house, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's opportunity for them to be looked at amongst many colleges and more exposure. The kids get opportunity to go to college, get their degrees, and if they, if God willing, maybe one day play on Sundays. And maybe Jalen can sit here one day, and his Southwestern team can. Um, you know, step up like mine did. Speaking of Jalen Rose, another guy from Michigan who did pretty good for himself. Dodgers did pretty good for themselves last night. Eight three win. <laughs> I think sometimes I have these hot takes. I go on it with no um one zero series lead seven thirty tonight ESPN Radio. Uh, looking to get halfway home to the World Series. The bats were there. Clayton's pitching was there. We had Dickie V Rays super fan on. He's calling Rays in seven. What do you see specifically tonight? Uh, I, well, first of all, I'm gonna call it in five. He Dodgers in five. He can call in seven. I'm going to call Ooh, in Kershaw's five. Kershaw's going to close it out. Um, Could go game I, five. I just see, you know, what we need to do is continue to put our bats to work. Uh, if we got to somehow uh, switch up the pitching early in the innings and skipper Dave Roberts has to make a decision and not let guys go too long and Mookie Betts is continuing to play the way he's – Bellinger's crushing it the way he is, then I don't see where the Rays are going to be able to do anything with us. What do you, you think? Know, you know, usually great pitching beats great hitting – and, you know, you think about the Rays, they, they have Snell and they also have Morton who has kind of seen, you know, revitalized and yes. really pitching very well, a lot of movement on his pitching. And you, you would think that the Rays are battle-tested. They're playing with house money and they're a team that believes in themselves. And Kevin Cash always has an answer. It's, it's very difficult. Pitching does typically beat great batting. But when you go – but, Yeah, but when you go from – one down, and you're trying to go around. I'm going to get around one, but I got to get to two. And I get around two, well, uh, maybe I can get past three, but there's four, five, six, and seven waiting on me. That's when you're in trouble. Everybody yeah. can hit for us. But, but remember, Everybody. But, but remember, it was game two, and it was a decision for the Yankees you know, to decide to try and get Jay Happ and all those guys in that really hurt him. And, you know, you guys aren't going with your best pitcher. You don't know what you're going to get out of this kid. And if you let the Rays back in it, they're going to believe all of Ain't no him. Rays getting back in it. Man, be quiet. <laughs> that kid, by the way, is 26-year-old Tony Gonsolin is – uh, Bart mentioned Tony's that. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 you wouldn't put. You wouldn't put. You, what would you rank for, for for Tony? Would you put your life on Tony? I ain't put my life on you. <laughs> oh man, that's good money, man. I got your life. Game Trust two. fall right now, Key. 
Your trust fall right here. I catch you, 730 Keith. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. 